Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuck Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Monday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, another day of practice in the books for the Atlanta Falcons. They did uh, have pads on today. I don't think there was a whole lot of walloping uh, going on, but um, let's check in with our buddy, D. Orlando Ledbetter. He, of course, is the Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of his work, and he is on Twitter at D Orlando AJC. D let us always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes on the show. Thank you for joining us. Sure, no problem, John. Thanks for having me. Do you need ten or twenty bucks to pay the fine? I mean, can I can I float you, you know, a couple of bucks out of my pocket to to help pay for the fine that you got? Yeah, well, I was considering the GoFundMe page, but uh I think we're in good shape at uh Cox. And uh, I think we're going to be fine on the fi- on paying the fine. We don't have to start the GoFundMe page. Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, what do we know about Matt Hennessy? Um, is Matthew Bergeron getting the looks at starting guard for right now with Hennessy out? Like, what's been the prognosis, you know, here from over the weekend with all of that? Yeah, they initially liked the MRI, and uh, then he kind of alluded to his second opinion and that it's a reoccurring injury. So um, so he's been all over the place uh last few days, saying it's day-to-day. Uh, the last injury last year was a left knee injury. So um, now that it's reoccurring, that's problematic because that means you're probably headed to surgery. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, and Bergeron, they're going full steam ahead with him right now as the first team left guard. So... Would it make sense, um, and I know these guys don't grow on trees, there's not a whole lot of them, but would it make sense to try to take some of that available cap space and now that things are kind of shaking out a little bit, we had the Goldman retiring and they brought it, they brought Ellis in, would it make sense to go out and get themselves a security blanket at left guard and find some veteran to help, you know, again, especially if Bergeron can't really make it? Yeah, no doubt. I think they have one on the uh, staff already and uh, on the roster already and Kyle Hinton. Uh, and, um, you know, you got to figure that there's going to be uh, some action near the cut-down dates that's going to uh, maybe release another veteran that, uh, you know, you could uh, you could pick up that way. And then also, yeah, you got the cap space and uh, maybe somebody gets into a situation where they're, you know, um, 
you know, or out of favor at some place, and then you can use it on that person. We've seen that before here in Atlanta when they picked up Andy Levitri uh, in the last week right before the season started. So uh, you got some options. You don't have to overreact this early in camp. But if you go down to Miami and he gets his head kicked in uh, in the joint practice, then you, you need to make a move. D. Orlando Ledbetter joining me here on the WaitFor.com Hotline Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Has kind of the theme of this camp been competition? Um, you know, is that – and, again, I know that's usually the theme of most camps and stuff, but but obviously it's been a lot of one-on-one. Um, we're seeing good footage of the ones-on-one. Um, obviously there's plenty of trash talking, you know, in this. I mean, do you get a sense that it's a different vibe from – you know, the last couple of years of this training camp? Yeah, no doubt. Um, it's better one-on-ones, John. Uh, you got better talent across the board. Uh, you know, we had, you know, people here that were have been with their sixth, they were on their sixth, seventh team. And, uh, you know, the guys that played just a year, uh, you know, I'm talking about Eric Harris, Stephen Means, Brandon Copeland, you know, good guys, but, uh, you know, they were NFL fringe players that you had to start and count on. Uh, now you got, um, you know, Jeff Acunda, former number three overall pick, you know, trying to revive his career. You know, you can see the athleticism. Uh, you know, he suffered from injuries and, quite frankly, poor. Possibly um, the coaching in Detroit was deficient. So we'll see um, if the coaching staff here can help some of these players along. So – do we have any kind of sense about who is leading the way as far as punt returner goes? Now that obviously William Avery Williams out for the year, we know Cordero Patterson is going to factor into the kickoffs, but who are they most looking at right now as far as returning punts goes? Yeah, it's a group of five back there every day. Penny Hart, uh, D. Alford, uh, Bijan, Zay, uh, Malone, and I'm probably missing the fifth guy. But to me, the um, Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes is the only one with NFL experience at kickoff and punt return. D. Offer looks pretty good. He catches the ball and gets upfield. He's not scared. He's tough. Uh, Penny Hart returns some kicks at, at Georgia State, but not in the NFL. Uh, and I, I don't know why they got Bijan back there <laughs> uh, other than just to uh, have teams thinking about it. Uh, so uh, uh, Mike Hughes would be your favorite going into this. Uh, and then D. Offord has looked pretty good, you know, running on pretty much air and, uh, you know, being attacked today for the first time where they, you know, were going after the, the returners. So um, that's where I have that thing handicapped right now. We'll keep an eye on it here the rest of the way in training camp. So, you know, again, we've been talking about left guard, whether it's Bergeron and Hennessy Hurt and all this, that, and the other, but – has Drew Dahlman looked better in, in camp? I mean, has he looked better? Because, again, you know, we can talk about the left guard all we want, but if if the left guard isn't so good and the center isn't going to be so good, then we're going to have some trouble when those guys, you know, are linked arm in arm, again, you know, side by side with one another. How much has Dahlman looked better in this camp uh, than last year? Yeah, John, he's, uh, he's looked much better. Um, but, you know, it's a caveat. They haven't had any pads. And then today – they had on pads, and I was watching him with his double teams with Lindstrom, and, you know, he, he doesn't have to do much there. Uh, and then uh, I did not see him and uh, Bergeron combined on some double team blocks, but, you know, that's what he's going to have to do. And then with some nose tackles that they're playing, 
Uh, they'll play that uh, run the three, four. He's got to handle those guys technically. Uh, he's a technician. He's never going to blow anybody five yards down the field. But uh, he definitely coached that. He looked comfortable and was doing a much better job this year, second year on the job. Uh, and so we got to take his word at it until we see him uh, up against some stiff competition and real football activities. D-Led joining us here on the WaitFor.com Hotline, Falcons beat reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. How, you know, again, I, I was talking with Mike Rothstein the other night uh, about this. Just, you know, again, I know the secondary is better because everybody's a, a year older and you've got better personnel out there. But do you see a pretty cohesive group in that secondary? I mean, are you seeing the corners and safeties kind of all working with one another? What's been your observation about the secondary as a whole so far in these few days of camp? Yeah, it's been vanilla, John. They've been in the four-two-five nickel most of the time, and uh, you know, with the nickel rotating, uh, you know, using guys at different spots. So they're not really doing uh, a lot of coverages uh, that they will be. You know, that's when you see stuff break down. You start changing it up, mixing zone and man, and uh, so forth. They're just basically running their vanilla exhibition season stuff while we're out there. And uh, did talk to Jesse Bates today, and he said, hey, I was like, hey, how's it coming along? Uh, he's like, hey, we're committed to this slow, long process of, uh, you know, being able to look at each other and just, you know, communicate the defenses and so forth. And, uh, you know, we got, I got, kind of got the old, you know, it's going to take the process thing to get it all there. So it's not far down the road. Uh, you got too many variables back there. Him and Richie Grant are getting along. Um, Jalen's kind of the odd man out back there. And, uh, you know, they're trying to save Jeff Acunda's career because if you don't, you got another problem there over at right cornerback. So we've, you know, we've gotten some paralysis by analysis with Desmond Ritter where people have been all over the board and concerned and this and that and the other. And again, it's kind of ridiculous, but how's Taylor Heineke looked at, you know, at quarterback, how's, how's he performed so far in camp thus far? Yeah, well, um, he's second. Uh, you know, if you're, you know, you're getting a, a scrutiny level. He's not, I'm not looking at him that much, really, because he doesn't matter here if the other guys are starting quarterback. So he, he uh, haven't been. He's a little high on some balls. He, you know, he's a pro quarterback. You know, I don't like when they run, uh, and I've seen both of them pull the ball down in practice. So uh, uh, it's not been a good, uh, you know, nothing to write home about. But I usually uh, – there's usually not anything to write home about the first week of practice from the quarterback uh, perspective. Uh, it takes a while to get your timing down with your receivers. You're just running a couple plays. So, you know, you're just getting in and out of the huddle and running sweep left, sweep right, and a couple pass routes. Uh, and they've been just fine doing that. But uh, I want to see um, what they do in Miami against a real live competition and uh, – uh, uh, see how much they play them in the uh, exhibition season. I think they're going to have to play Ritter a little bit uh, more than you normally would your first year uh, your, normally you would your first quarterback. So is there a guy that has stood out to you that maybe is a little bit under the radar? I'm not talking about you know Desmond Ritter or B. John Robinson level kind of guys, but is there a guy or two that you've kind of had your eye on that you think that Maybe this guy could make the team. Maybe this guy can contribute. Is there one of those kinds of guys that has kind of stood out for you so far? Yeah, I like the. Uh, I was watching the the receivers because they, uh, you know, there's some opportunity there to make the team. 
And uh, the kid, Keelan Harris from Oklahoma Baptist, I was watching him and Zay Malone because somebody's going to take that last spot and help out on special teams. It could be Darby, but uh, the kid from uh, Oklahoma Baptist has been uh, pretty impressive thus far. I see Malone, you know, dropping balls and, um, you know, uh, and so forth and so on and not looking, you know, pro-level type material. But this uh, Harris kid is one to keep a – uh, eye on, and um, that's why I'm kind of tracking him so far here early in the season. We're going to see him play a lot. Carlos Washington, the running back. You always got to have an extra running back in your back pocket. Uh, and want to see how Carlos does. He started his career at New Hampshire, uh, went down to southeast Louisiana, had a year down there. Uh, and uh, we're going to see a lot of him in the exhibition season. So, you know, I'm looking at the back 20 uh, to see if who's going to break through uh, to the roster. And those are a couple that we have so far. So, D-Led, uh, I'm talking to my buddy Jarvis Davis here the other day, and he was telling me about how much, you know, he, you know, when he's watched D'Angelo Malone this offseason that, you know, he's a little bit lighter in the dumper. I mean, he's lost some weight and trimmed down a little bit, whatever. But, you know, is he a guy that can, I mean, legitimately come off the edge? I mean, what what's going to be his role? Like, what, what do you think D'Angelo Malone can have his role be for this team? Yeah, he's uh, I've been charting today, and he's backing up Lorenzo Carter at right defensive end, which he's too light for, and both of them are too light. But they're going with this uh, 4-3 hybrid look that'll probably slide them into uh, outside linebacker role. They want people to treat them as defensive ends, but they're going to probably play uh, outside linebacker. Lorenzo said he's not dropping anymore; he's playing traditional defensive end. And if D'Angelo's backing him up there, that's the easy way to like for that. But they haven't tried to stand him up either at, uh, you know, the white weak, weak side or strong uh, side or middle linebacker. So that's where D'Angelo is right now. And we'll, we're going to learn a lot more about this defense uh, as they move down the road. But that that's where I see him at now. Uh, he did come off the edge. He was light. That's why he was at Western Kentucky. But he's a fierce um, – football player and uh, going to get a shot here to make it in the league, it looks like. You know, um, and I know that's not this is not fair when, when I say this, but we know that Troy Anderson is a very good athlete and he's a very quick guy and things like that, but do you kind of see him getting a grasp of the game? I mean, he at times was lost on the field, and you know, again, you, you get these one-on-ones and obviously the advantage is all on the offensive side of things, but have you seen Troy Anderson start to kind of look like he's catching on more or doesn't maybe seem, you know, as lost at times as what he was on the field last year? Yeah, um, I am seeing that. Uh, but, uh, you know, the the big thing for Troy is, uh, to, you know, just play as fast as he can. If he gets beat, he gets beat, he makes it up uh, and, and be in position. And, you know, in these uh, – uh, practices, you know, they're just when they run the ball, they just go up and tap the guy and, you know, move on. And he's not late or anything like that. He's not getting confused with any misdirection or any running plays and where he's supposed to be in the alignment. And so, you know, the more reps he gets, the more instinctual he will get as a linebacker. And we're just going to watch this kid grow on the field. And, you know, uh, for, that, for the Falcons' sake, they hope he probably doesn't, you know, have too many blown. Uh, assignments uh, while he's trying to develop into one of the, you know, what they think is starting linebacker. Last question for you, D-Led. Um, you know, Arthur Smith, I mean, now we're 
into year three. Now he's got a roster with some guys on it. Now they were able to spend some money and, and, and build some things. And, you know, again, whether it's kind of having fun with you and the fine and all that, whether it's, you know, wearing the mustache and, you know, all these kind of things. Like, do you get a sense that Arthur Smith is a lot more loosey-goosey, you know, this year? Does he feel like he's in a better position now that he's actually coaching some some NFL talent? Like, what's been his kind of mode and tenor of, of his attitude and things like that as far as in this camp so far? Yeah, he, yeah, he's having fun with it, and that's fun. And we, you know, that we, it's a, it could be a long grind. Uh, it's not two a days or anything like that. But uh, yeah, he's having fun with it. But I'm studying him today uh, during the uh, one of the offensive periods. He's checking down everything, um, you know, writing uh, stuff with his pencil after every play, you know, so he you know what he has to fix and correct as a play caller. So he's getting ready. He's uh, very into it. Uh, and uh, the fact that, uh, you know, he's the head coach, he gets to move around a lot, but he's really uh, involved in his hands. His fingerprints are all over the offense and what they're trying to do and uh, run the ball and set up the uh, pass. So, um, yeah, he's really into it. He's having fun with it, though. So I think he is more comfortable in his role as the head coach and we're going to try to enjoy the ride as best he can. At the Orlando AJC, D. Led is the uh, beat writer for the Atlanta Falcons for the Atlanta Journal Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of his work. And he joined me here on the waitfor.com hotline. D. Led is appreciated as always. Stay cool, stay hydrated, stay out of the sun, and uh, have fun at camp over these next uh, few weeks. Sure, no problem, John. We'll try to do that and take care. And thanks for having me on tonight. You got it. As always, when we get back from the top of the hour, It will be time for the Falcons flyover. We'll hear from Clark Phillips. We'll hear from Jeff Okuda. We'll hear from Matthew Ogeron, or sorry, Bergeron. Plus, a couple of other things I want to get into as well. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.